Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. To enter into the real, intrinsic significance of the Song of Songs, we have to first understand that this lovely, short, poetic love story is actually a detailed portrait of the lover of Christ's personal and intimate experience of him. The full experience of the believer is shown in four stages in the book Song of Songs, beginning with pursuing him, then experiencing the cross and dying to the self, followed by living in ascension and becoming a new creation, and finally, responding to the highest call of the Christian life to pass through the veil of the flesh, to dwell in God himself and allow him to dwell in us. If we have a clear view of these four stages, we'll not only fully understand this book, but we will have a priceless understanding that will sustain us through our whole Christian life. Ron Kangas has joined us for our final program in Song of Songs, and Ron, though our listeners, we hope, will continue to listen because this broadcast will continue, but in actual fact, this is the last life study of all of the ones that Witness Lee gave over 21-plus years, beginning in 1974 and concluding in 1995. This was the final book of the entire life study of the Bible and the final message. And one thing I'd like to ask you as a kind of introduction, because you were there, uh, you participated in the producing even of all of these printed messages that we've been giving away and uh, offering to our listeners all these years. Why it was it so fitting that the final book of the life study be Song of Songs? To that question, I can only offer a partial answer. And so this is the best that I can do. I was there uh, in the summer of 1995 when Brother Lee completed the Life Study of the Scriptures with um, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. And surely to end with Song of Songs was a most fitting, not only conclusion, but consummation. And um, there are a couple main reasons. The first life study training, as such, was on Romans. And Brother Lee opened the first message of the life study of Romans by saying that the Bible is the story of a divine romance. And he gave a brief sketch of how the Old Testament portrays this and the New Testament fulfills this. I don't think he had this in mind when he closed with Song of Songs, but it reflects the beginning. The Omega reflects the Alpha. The ending reflects the beginning. And this is actually the view in which the entire life study of the Bible is couched. The divine romance, God's people are to be the wife, God himself is the husband. The fundamental relationship is typified by the marital relationship. 
The basic relationship is of love and the divine life. And the Bible ends with the New Jerusalem as the mutual abode of the redeeming God, the husband, and God's redeemed people, the bride. And the New Jerusalem is even called the Lamb's wife. Then I would also say that in a very real sense, Song of Songs is a synopsis of the entire Bible. It is a condensation of the totality of a believer's spiritual experience. This book peaks in chapter 6 with the seeker being in the fourth stage, becoming Jerusalem, becoming the Shulamite, the female counterpart of Solomon, Solomon's reproduction, just as Eve, typifying the church, is the counterpart of Adam and the church is the counterpart of Christ. And then chapter 8 is on the longing to be transfigured and the longing for the Lord to return. And the Bible ends with this. After the revelation of the new Jerusalem, as the wife of the Lamb, then the Lord says three times in Revelation 22, I come quickly. And John echoes, Come, Lord Jesus. So to end the life study with a book clearly in the line of the divine romance and to end with a book that epitomizes, summarizes the spiritual experiences of a seeking one and a book that may be considered an extract of the entire Bible as a divine romance. Song of Songs was a very good choice. I'm glad we didn't end with Ecclesiastes, right? <laughs> yeah. Vanity of vanities. vanities. Or to end with Proverbs, even though there are some precious segments of ministry on Proverbs, it's based upon reading Proverbs in the light of God's goal in his economy to produce and build up and perfect the new man, not to perfect man in God's old creation. So there's no better book to end in the eight chapters permeated by the love relationship between the Lord and the individual believer pursuing him, loving him, being transformed by him, being joined to him, to be one with him. It's a wonderful picture. But it needs to be opened up. If it's not opened up, the book will be read as it is read by so many, including those who take the Bible as the divine revelation, merely as a book about human marriage, or it is given some other peculiar interpretation. But we have the full piece that Brother Nee and Brother Lee standing upon those that have preceded them in the ministry of the Word have opened up this book faithfully, accurately, truly, deeply, and intrinsically that the life study never replaces the book of which it is a study. Rather, it opens it, it ushers us into it. So now, I would say, having completed all these life study programs based upon the completion of the life study messages, which are based upon the completion of the life study of the scriptures, we can say we can read the Bible again and again and again and again, every time for the first time. It's opened, but it's not exhausted. It's inexhaustible. 
So to me, this is a very precious uh, program. We don't have Brother Lee speaking. The audio is not available. Sorry if I'm treading on your territory there to make some (laughs) comment about the production side. But just to be here fellowshipping in the Lord's presence, being the recipients, as Isaac was, of the largesse and the, the blessing of his father Abraham, we're just here inheriting a wealth of ministry that we can know the Lord and we can know the word of the Lord in the way of life. It will take eternity, even as we sang in that last meeting in a hymn written for that occasion, it will take eternity to manifest what has been and will be gained for God's interests by this marvelous study of the scriptures in the way of life. It's unique. It's historical. It is not our private possession. It is intended for all the children of God, wherever they are, at whatever stage they are. This ministry is for them. The life study is for them. This radio ministry is for them. That wherever they are, they would be drawn by the Lord to pursue him until we all arrive, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, at a full-grown man, that the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, which will be the bride, the wife, matured and perfected, to be the eternal new Jerusalem, the ultimate fulfillment of the Bible as a divine romance. Well, it's an occasion where it'd be easy to fall into just an empty but a somewhat nostalgic fellowship because of the occasion that was marked by this particular message, the conclusion of this, I would say, landmark endeavor by this servant of the Lord. He was well into his 60s, late 60s, when he undertook it, right, Ron? And I think over 90 when he completed it. That's about right. I think he was just a little shy of 70 when he began. Then look, you know, 21 and years plus yeah. to be finished. That looks like 90 to me, yeah, right? It does. Um, but I think to honor that labor, we should touch at least uh, in a good way this kind of synopsis message that is a marvelous summary to the book, Song of Songs. And as you said, in this light, we can really see this book as a kind of an extract, a synopsis of the whole message of the divine revelation, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about you know the consummation arriving at the measure of a a full-grown believer, and that's appropriate here. That's really the fourth stage that we'll touch on. And this book, as we've seen through these messages, does show us a very nice and proper progression in the experience of the individual believer that culminates ultimately in this corporate bride, this corporate match to God, but it's based on the individual believer's pursuit of him and experience of him in all these stages, isn't it? It surely is, and this is what is expressed in this message, uh, message 10 of the printed you know, life study, it's just remarkably clear. And the utterance is rich, full of spiritual wealth, but it conveys the feeling, uh, this is for us all, wherever we are in this progression. We just need to keep pursuing the Lord, loving the Lord, learning the lessons that he would teach us in the Spirit until we all arrive. We've been predestinated for this. We have to arrive at our destiny. Hopefully, we can mature in our lifetime. Otherwise, eventually, by the time we enter eternity, we will all be matured and perfected. 
Let's talk about the first stage. Of course, you know, we opened this live study many times. Uh, the first several programs, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth in verse 2 of chapter 1. For your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils have a pleasant fragrance. Your name is like ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Draw me. We will run after you. The king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. This is full of experience, isn't it? One that is uh, being attracted in an intense way. Yes, draw me, Lord, draw me. We will run after you. We cannot pursue the Lord out of our own self-will, out of our own energy. If the Father does not draw us, if the Lord does not draw us, then we simply cannot pursue him but we're attracted by him, not in a theological way, not by a theological analysis of his attributes and virtues. I'm not saying such an analysis has no place, but not in romance, okay? (laughs) Not not, not at the time of romance. That's That's not the place for it. That the Lord is presented in his loveliness. You know, your love is better than wine, better than any earthly enjoyment. Your anointing oils have a pleasant fragrance. Your name is like ointment poured forth. Therefore, the virgins love you. Why do we love him? It's not because we have some ability to love. It's because he kisses us and we appreciate him and we're drawn to him. And it's marvelous that one believer is truly drawn by the Lord in his loveliness. That affects many to run after him. Hmm. Ron, let's go on to uh, the second stage for the sake of time. The second stage is being called to be delivered from the self through the oneness with the cross. And uh, one verse particularly that uh, I think typifies this stage is in chapter 2, verse 14. My dove in the clefts of the rock, in the covert of the precipice, let me see your countenance, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your countenance is lovely. What's typified here by the clefts of the rocks and the covert of the precipice? Simply stated, it's the cross of Christ experienced by us. You know, the cleft of the rock. Christ is the rock, and he was cleft, rock of ages, cleft Cleft for me. me. But this is an experiential oneness with him as the crucified one. And uh, time is limited, but I'd like to note that there is always some hesitation on the part of the lovers of the Lord to go this way. You know, we might as well stay in the first stage of the kisses (laughs) and the fragrance and love is better Better than than wine. wine. And we're brought into his house of wine, the banqueting house, his banner over us, his love. It's delightful. But there's not that much spiritual stature. So the seeker lapses into a kind of state, partly characterized by contentment, but introspection and self-analysis. So the Lord is outside the lattice, Mm -hmm. beckoning, come away, come with me. And the verse that you read indicates what is in his heart, that he wants to see us one with him in his death, especially in the life-releasing aspect of his death. 
And this portion of Song of Songs is replete with poetic images referring to the resurrection life that without being empowered by resurrection life will never rise up from the self and take the way of the cross. And we need to point out, my audience here, particularly is North America, it may not be the same in altogether other parts of the earth, but very few Christians know the cross experientially. And there's precious little preaching and teaching concerning the experiences of the crucified Christ in the Spirit. And because of that, the believers remain natural and even in the flesh and in the self. So we have to heed the call to the second stage, to be in the clefts of the rock, to be in the cross, to be one with the crucified Christ. Boy, these are all such rich aspects of the experience, attempting to dwell on them, but we've got to move on. How about the third stage, Ron? This is living in ascension and becoming a new creation. I mean, the call in chapter 4 Right? Is it verse 8? Come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Watch with me from Lebanon, come. You know, look down. You're looking down on mountains. So this signifies what's revealed in Ephesians chapter 2. We're seated with Christ and in Christ in the heavenlies. Looking down upon the air, the dwelling place of the enemy. And as we study this portion, we see that the seeker has advanced in a threefold way, resurrection, ascension, and a new creation. By new creation, we don't mean improvement of the old creation. We mean mingled with the triune God in his resurrection life and living with him in ascension. So this is a particular call indicating a momentous transition and very significant advance in the spiritual life to be one with the resurrected and ascended Christ as a new creation. Marvelous. So after the believer passes through this stage dealing with the self, especially, as you said, uh, characterized by things like self-introspection, self-improvement, etc., etc., and the Lord's solution for that is the experience of his death through the operation of the cross. Now, that uh, results in another level, another degree of experience of him that before probably we hadn't even no idea existed. That's right. And it may even sound strange to hear about it if we're not there. But by the power of resurrection, we experience his cross. By experiencing the cross, we are brought experientially into the reality of resurrection. Resurrection and ascension are inseparable. Right. So when we enter into resurrection, we also enter into ascension. And in this realm, we are a new creation to carry out God's economy, and we may be inclined to think, this is it. I mean, we're in the heavenlies, we're in resurrection, we're in ascension, we're in a new creation. What else is there? But you know there's a fourth stage, right? Yep, there is a fourth stage, and uh, as you mentioned a while ago, chapter 6 uh, brings us to the fourth stage. You are as beautiful, my love, as Tirzah, as lovely as Jerusalem, as terrible as an army with banners. Ron, this stage is being called by Christ more strongly to live within the veil through his cross after the experience of his resurrection. Sounds a lot like stage two, but we're really talking about something else, aren't we? It is something else. It's like stage two in that it involves the cross in a much deeper way. But we have to see something higher than just being heavenly, and that is to be godly. Our destiny is not simply to be in a heavenly sphere. 
It is to be in God himself, to dwell in God himself. And this is to dwell in the Holy of Holies, typified by the tabernacle, the holiest place, and the veil separating the holy place from the Holy of Holies signifies the flesh. And we are still here in the old creation. We still have the flesh, and it can be so aggravating, but the Lord leaves it here, I would say, almost to force us to take the way of the cross, to cut through the flesh, to live in God, to actually be directly in God, dwelling in him, one with him, mingled with him, incorporated with him. The Lord said, abide in me, then I in you. This is now the Lord living in us. This is the highest. Okay, the heavenlies is not the highest. God and Christ are higher than the heavens, right? The New Testament reveals this. So it seems that we're coming down, but we're not coming down. We're not going back. We're going forward. And so there's a deeper experience of the cross applied to the flesh, that our flesh would be broken, spiritually speaking. Repeatedly, we would pass through this riven veil, live in God, enter into God. Then we become the city, New Jerusalem. Then we become the Shulamite, the reproduction of Solomon. It is here that God's eternal purpose, his economy, his heart's desire is fulfilled. Here in this inner chamber, we live an eternal married life with our bridegroom husband. Ron, we have about one minute to go. Last program, last book, the consummation of 21 years of labor and so many years and hours since by others who have labored on this collective work. I would just like to get your impression as it comes to a close, and then we'll tell the listeners what's ahead. Uh, my impression is not to speak about the preciousness of this ministry so much as the desperate, urgent need in the Lord's people. A seeking one who has a proper spirit and heart before the Lord, when reading a life study, like the life study of Song of Songs, especially reading the last message, message 10, on the four stages of the spiritual life, should be properly humbled and sobered, yet encouraged and motivated and stirred. Mm. We would like to share with our dear fellow believers throughout the whole earth, and I emphasize fellow. We're not above anyone. We're not superior to anyone. We really need to empty ourselves and humble ourselves and realize there's a great deal ahead of us. We're not that mature. We're not yet that able to carry out God's economy. We need to know the Bible not only as a book of truth, not only as a book of teaching, but as a book of life. We need the life experiences in the Scriptures opened up and presented through the life study of the Scriptures. That, for the sake of God's heart's desire, we may grow in life to maturity. As the writer of Hebrews says, let us be brought on to maturity. I don't want to extol the ministry so much. I don't want to promote the ministry so much. I'd rather appeal to the seekers among God's people. Consider these four stages. Are you really in the fourth stage? Or in the third or even in the second. How many of the Lord's people even have the full enjoyment of the first? There's a treasure here for you. We labor as brotherly labored to make this food available 
to all the children of God. May the Lord bless his word, and may the Lord bless you all. The only word I can think of is amen. It fits at this point. So uh, all of the life studies in their printed form are available. We've mentioned that at the end of nearly every program. We'll do it again today. The toll-free number if you'd like to find out about the printed messages or other things available at Living Stream Ministry, please call us toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.